Here we go. So grateful, so thankful for the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the harmony of God. Actively awake in our mind and our heart. So grateful, so thankful to consciously attune to the love that we are. So grateful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of divine love and wisdom. So grateful to allow ourselves to join together for the purpose of more peace, more love, more joy, more flow, more expansion, more clarity. So grateful and so thankful to attune to the infinite love of God that's revealing itself in our conversation. It's our mind that's awakening. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of our expansion, our awakening, our ascension, our clarity, our freedom, our joy. And we are grateful and thankful that our circle is one that is dedicated to this movement in spirit. So grateful to joyfully awaken together. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone and we allow the healing to be. We are grateful, grateful, grateful that this is the time that we have appointed for our expansion and clarity, for our divine gathering, our holy dialogue. In gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. So uh, before we jump in, we're going to be looking at the seven sacred flames. And before we jump in, uh, any anybody have anything they'd like to bring up, discuss, report, ask, anything at all? All right, Diane, here I'll unmute you. Oh. Good morning, everybody, um, <coughs> or good afternoon. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to do a little follow-up from last week. Um, and uh, Jennifer, you directed me back into the, uh, the fifth chakra inquiry, which which was really useful. Um, A question came out of it for me in that uh, rereading through that and everything that I wrote down um, in in Masterful Living One and trying to relate it back now. um, What I'm... Kind of what I wrote down was sort of... um, about like procrastination and ways of communicating that were really unhelpful. A lot of that was in my past, like for say two decades when I was married and raising a family, I I was not managing that situation very well. And, and so what I'm wondering is whether that's what's coming up for me now, because that, I'm in a completely different situation now. I have a lot of um, solitude, a lot of quiet time, a lot of 
time when I can really allow this to come up in a way that is not going to totally knock me like for a loop where it, you know, those two decades where I was with a family, I was, um, I was praying through it. I was going to counseling, going to church. I was honestly feeling like I was putting the metal to the pedal or that phrase, but I was just spinning wheels. I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, there may have been some small inroads, but, you know, it ended up with, you know, like this terrible divorce and lots of pain for everybody. And, um, and so I'm just kind of wondering whether I'm now in this situation where some of those characters that were in that have now passed. They're not, I mean, three of them are not even on the planet anymore. Um, and so I feel like I'm still mopping up the mess in a way. And I'm wondering whether, you know, because I'm still coughing. I've still got all this stuff going on in my throat. Um, and uh, it's creating some more insomnia. And so what happened the other night was I woke up and um, <clears throat> I, I thought, I feel like it's o'clock in the morning. And I looked at the clock and, and it was like, yeah, it was one o'clock in the morning. And I thought, yikes, that's a long night for me to put in awake. And so I just said, to myself like this is the time of prayer for me and it came out of listening to uh the calls last week with uh some of the like tammy and kevin who were really saying like we're, we're just doing the whole on a all the time for everybody and so i kind of took that i thought i'm awake it's dark i'm alone what am i going to do and so i just spent the night praying you know <laughs> and um i did sleep. no thank you i did fall back to sleep like later i did spend hours right i fell back to sleep later on and and i just gave it over i said i'm going to get as much sleep tonight as i need tomorrow's going to be an awesome day for me i'll have the energy that i need to get through the day yes and um and it, it was a huge change, like, because yes. I've been struggling with insomnia for decades as well, right? So, but my, my question is, um, you know, do you think that that's sort of the, the, all this congestion and this intense, this chakra that I'm going through right now, or feel like I'm trying to release, do you feel or think that it could be those previous decades that put in what do you feel I think it could be yeah I'm uh, I'm approaching it from that perspective I I really don't know um, but that's how I'm choosing to to approach it right now is mm -hmm is um, I guess the challenge is to, uh, to, to, to try to heal it without actually going back and experiencing it all again, because I've, I, like I've been there, done that one, like a lot through that kind of talk therapy counseling and, 
And a lot of it was so intense, it almost took me out, like totally. I was like on the brink of suicide. It was just too much for my, um, my energetic system. Like all of those characters, my, my parents, my husband, my family, it was just for my energy system was too, too much. It felt that way. So I don't want to go back and re-experience that in, in any way. I'd like to release it. Um, and so that's how I'm kind of uh, using that perspective of, and, and using the prayers. And um, I, I loved what you said in one, um, one of the calls on those, those prayer partners was a, a prayer power part two was you asked this question, is anybody got a health issue that's not um, using the, the, um, the, the water prayers? Like, is there anybody out there with a health condition? I was like, Oh yeah, that's me. Um, so that's been really helpful. I've been um, praying over water and, every night um, trying to release all of that negativity overnight in the water and to drink the, the, the pure healing water every morning. So I've been doing that for a couple of weeks to try to release this without having to go back and experience it again. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I'm so glad you're bringing this up so that we can really all look at it together because it relates to all of us. So today we have Carla and Rand and Deb uh, here together. And uh, oh, and there's Sean. Yay. Uh, I know Ron's on a plane and uh, um, I'm excited. I'm going to see him this weekend. We're going to a conference together um and uh i just just by a show of hands here how many of you can relate to what diane's talking about old unhealed stuff yeah waking you up in the middle of the night okay so uh we're we're all very related here diane you are not the only one and this is the time for it and um, I'll share with all of you that this summer um, I had about a vertigo. And initially I thought it might have been related to I got those, I was looking for a, a better way to um, do the audio for our classes, actually. And so I, I, I bought a set of those earbuds or whatever they're called for the new uh, I, uh, uh, Apple earbuds that are Bluetooth, you know, they've done so many commercials about them and whatnot. So I used them for maybe a week and it seemed like this vertigo just came over me and intensified and I thought, okay, this is too much on my ear chakras. And, um, but I, it took me a while to realize, no, this is something else going on 
in the throat chakra area. And I've shared in class before, but I don't know if it was this this class. Sometimes I can't quite clearly remember off the top of my head, but um, that when I was a kid, I had uh, ear, nose, and throat issues. I had just I had strep again and again and again and again and again. I had it so frequently and so intensely that they decided to take my tonsils and adenoids, or they took my wanted to take my adenoids out, as I recall. I was about maybe 11 years old. It's the only time I've ever been hospitalized um, was to have that surgery. And then they took the tonsils as well, and they did it because they were afraid if they, what they said was they were afraid if they didn't, that um, the canal, uh, my ear canal might get, filled and start to, uh, I would have permanent deafness or something like that. And so, um, so they took my tonsils and adenoids out, but it's like the Achilles heel of my physical body. And I do, I have witnessed that it seems as though many people do have certain areas of their body that are like an Achilles heel. So um, anybody want to define Achilles heel for, for those who might not really understand what that is? Your weak spot, right? Yeah, it's your weak spot. Um, so, yeah, anybody remember Achilles? Deb, were you going to share? I was just going to say very painful. Very, uh -huh. very painful spot when it's an uproar, but I can't uh -huh. speak toward Achilles. Okay. Rand? Oh, sorry, I'll mute you. Hang on. Yes, wasn't the mythology of Achilles is he was totally unable to be hurt. He was dipped in the water and they held him by his heel. So the only part that wasn't dipped into this river this water that gave him this invincibility was his heel. So thus Achilles heel. That's the only part of his body that was vulnerable. Right. Exactly. That's the whole thing. And that's why we say Achilles heel, uh, because uh, it's the one part of you that is, let's say vulnerable or the most vulnerable and a weak spot where you can be gotten, right? So we'll say sometimes even in business, you know, oh, his pride is his Achilles heel, you know, or something, you know, or his assistant is his, uh, you know, or whatever, something like that. It's a weak spot. Yeah, thank you, Rand. And um, Carla, did you want to add anything to that? Okay, cool. Uh, so... Uh, for me, it is, it does appear to be my throat chakra. It does appear um, that, I mean, I think the only illnesses I've had that I can think of in a long, long time are all related to right in here, right in this area. And... Um, so what are my prayers about? My prayers are about uh, constantly about speaking clearly, communicating clearly, communicating the love of God. So I'm, I'm constantly clearing this out. And of course, I use my voice 
all the time. And, uh, and even, you know, in all communication is really related to this. So whether I'm, it's written communication or oral communication, verbal communication, it's still related to that area. I'm extremely um, clear audient. So for instance, I receive insight, intuition, information that to me feels as though it's carried on the waves of sound, as though it's encoded into the waves of sound. Um, and so many times when people will say, um, you know, oh, I was wondering what you think about this. And that's all they say. I'm like, well, um, you know, like, I, I, I wonder what you think about me, you know, and my cousin. I'm like, well, you've got, you've, I need to hear you talk more in order to understand more because I receive so much insight, intuition in on the waves of sound. Um, The throat chakra is related to the first ray, the blue ray, right? So the blue ray is about aligning with divine will. It's also about protection, divine protection, because when we align our heart and our mind, our life, our choices, our decisions with divine will, then we're naturally protected. We're invulnerable. But when we're really in service to the ego, then we're vulnerable. So our vulnerability really comes from our identification with the ego. Our invulnerability comes from our identification with spirit. So this is why I spend, so, even though I'm a violet flame girl and I do um, work, you know, work so much with the violet flame, of course the violet flame is the combination of the blue ray and the pink ray. But I work with Archangel Michael and the, the Angels and Masters of the Blu-ray every day. It's very much a part of my work. And um, so let's look at this as a, a, a Blu-ray first chakra uh, issue. So that, you know, the first chakra or the... the um, the first ray is the blue ray and it corresponds to the throat chakra because alignment with divine will is the number one thing in our path of awakening. So it would make sense to me, Diane, that in this lifetime, you are really, you are really choosing to wake up from the dream of separation. You are really choosing to take responsibility. You're really choosing to be the fulcrum point of healing in your family to the very best of your ability. You're all in for it, even though it's been so overwhelming and so challenging for so long. You're still there. I mean, look at your experience with your brother this year. So part of what I, I got as you were talking is this uh, cough resurgence. When did it begin? Um, it started uh, mid-July. And so it was a few days after my mom's funeral and a few days after I... Uh, 
I shared about the experience I had with my brother, like that I had this, you know, um, I felt big healing. And then I shared it and then it just, this cough came up the next day. Now, where I live, we were having all these smoke issues, right? So that's what triggered it. But it, this has gone on way beyond what, what happened in the environment this summer. Right. It's like for me with the earbuds, I thought the earbuds triggered the um, vertigo that I was having. Uh, and I thought, well, it's just going to go away as my chakras come back into balance. But it was still lingering. And then when I was in Vermont in September, I, I asked Venerable, did she know a good massage therapist? And she said, yes, I know a great person. Well, the person she sent me to wasn't even a massage therapist. It was a cranial sacral person. And so... I, I got there and she's like, so I do cranial sacral. And I thought, oh, I was looking for a massage, but I'll take cranial sacral. And uh, does anybody know what cranial sacral is? Um, does, does anybody not know? Because maybe we just take a moment and explain that too. Anybody want to explain it? I don't know that I can actually explain it. Yes. It's a form of energy therapy. It works with the energy between the cranial and the sacral, which is at the base of your spine, and the flow of that spinal energy, and then the rest of your energy field in the process to balance, release, harmonize, heal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she did some kind of also touch therapy that has a name I can't remember it wasn't healing touch though but it was something I don't remember mm -hmm. what it was um, thank you Deb so after I had one session of the cranial sacral the dizziness was gone that's it it hasn't returned and I'd had it for about six weeks so, um, but I, I, and uh, it was in talking with the cranial sacral person that I realized oh, this is not because of the earbuds. This is because of some healing work that I did right at that same time. Although I decided that those, those earbuds are there, it's not good for my ear chakras to use them. I decided that. So um, I could just feel the Bluetooth, something about it, just not good to have it in my head um, at, at any time. And I do think it maybe exacerbated what was already transpiring. Um, but I realized, oh, this, this is a, a, it's a, it's a throat chakra clearing is what it is. So, that's what I felt as soon as you talked about it this time, Diane, I thought, oh, this is totally related to her mother's funeral and to her experience with her brother and everything that came up uh, at that time. Uh, and it's clearing. So one of the things is, is uh, we're all learning this. Me too. I just gave you an example. I thought it was related to something in the world, something I experienced in form with the earbuds. 
Uh, and it really was, oh no, this is the first chakra clearing. Because when I sat with the cranial sacral person, as I was talking with her about it, I, I just knew instantly, oh, this is not, this is not the Bluetooth. This is uh, a first chakra clearing. And this is a time for all of us to be doing first chakra clearing. And I'll also be very transparent with you and share with you that I've been, um, uh, I've been, uh, and I'd like your prayers about this. I have been for maybe three, four years now, longer, five years now, since I, I used to do my own bookkeeping but then it became too much for me because we have thousands and thousands of, you know, uh, little, you know, $5 donations or, you know, just processing the payments. And it's just, it's a big job, the bookkeeping now. So it's way too much for me to do. And um, I have had one bookkeeper after another. And uh, I have yet to find someone who does a very good job. I've had, I, I needed to find a nonprofit account. I've, I've not had a, 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 an account that really is listening, who doesn't make uh, uh, extraordinary errors. Um, and I, 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 I just am astounded that these things are continuing. Um, and so, of course, I know to take responsibility for it. But in the last couple of weeks, I was having a particularly challenging time with my bookkeeper. I was trying to get uh, my personal taxes filed. And um, I was working with a new bookkeeper whom I really, really like, someone I've known personally for a long time. She's a pro. But for whatever reason, was not listening to me, making repetitive mistakes, and um, and really strange, strange errors. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of detail. And I'm having to wade through and find the same needles in the haystack again and again. And it was uh, very, very time-consuming for me at a time when I was teaching the intensive, teaching the retreat, and doing everything. Uh, so it was very, very challenging for me just on a, uh, you know, uh, a level of how much attention can I give to this, right? Um, and working so uh, intently with doing an intensive and teaching classes simultaneously. So um, I noticed that I started to have last week these kind of stabbing pains in my throat. And I knew it was because on uh, on a physical level, my personality uh, wants to vent or something like that. Like, I don't feel it emotionally. I don't feel particularly emotionally disturbed by it. You know, I'm very even keel and balanced. But um, I think on a deeper, deeper layer, emotionally, uh, my my kind of inner child is going, why does this keep happening to me? You know, and this is the um, this is where my challenge is right now. And I have to say, as I've said many times in the past, you know, I'm so grateful for my challenges because uh, my challenges don't emotionally 
intensely upset me. But here's where I'm thinking maybe I'm doing a spiritual bypass that, you know, in my intellect, I'm just like, just get her done, get her done, hire a new bookkeeper, just get this done and then move, move on. You know, God bless you. I love you. Thank you for your service. All good. Uh, now I'm just going to hire somebody else. Um, but on an emotional personality level, maybe there's something else I need to do. And um, looking at that, looking at that with my counselor uh, is, is uh, my, which uh, I usually have a session with one of my counselors and venerable is one of them uh, uh, pretty much every week, almost every week. But because of doing the retreat in the intensive, I took two weeks off to, and so I'm like, okay, I need to work on that. So I'm just being really transparent with you. So you, you really get that, like, this is, this is how you do it, you know, in a really uh, mature, spiritually, uh, in integrity way. So uh, anybody else recognizing that they're having some throat chakra issues lately? Yeah, Sean, definitely. Where's your thyroid, Sean? Yeah. And Deb, you're saying you, you're, you've been having some too? So maybe let's pull in a little bit, and Sean, you tell a little bit about where you are with that, and then we'll go to Deb and to Rand and whoever else. Well, I don't know if it's actually my um, throat chakra. Well, it must be because I have nodules in there, and like I mentioned before, I'm contemplating having surgery to remove everything December 15th or December 14th. Right. Um, I haven't done any chakra work. I haven't done anything. I find like my biggest problems that I've always had my whole life is more digestion issues than throat issues. So I don't know how that relates to anything because I think that the, the thyroid relates to everything i guess so i don't know if it's really started i guess in the lower i don't know i don't really know anything really much about chakras other than I've, what i've learned the last couple of years which is really a small amount yeah you may wish to go did you ever read carolyn mace's book anatomy of the spirit no so that was one of the things on our uh, suggested reading list uh, back in year one was uh, Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. Okay. And I do recommend listening to and uh, not listening to it, reading it. I, I, listening to it is, is also good. I, I really like her audios. I used to listen to them quite a bit. I haven't listened to her in a long time, but I used to listen to her quite a bit. And um I think she's uh, quite intensely judgmental. However, she <laughs> she um, she has a lot of good um, insight and intuition uh, alongside all her judgment, and her judgments are pretty easy to to uh, discern because um, she says things like "What an idiot," you know. So <laughs> no. how could you? You know, it's weird. It's weird. I made the decision really quick to have the surgery, but then there's other things that. I don't do as quick and that's what's been kind of bothering me. 
about yeah. the whole thing. Why did I make that decision so quick? And is that the right decision? And it must not be the right decision if I'm doubting it. And am I doubting it because everybody else is telling me I should doubt it? Or is it really, I don't know. Well, the question that I have for you, uh, Sean, is, is what's going on actually, are you doubting it or is there something else going on? Well, there's always stuff going on. However, I really feel like if I do have cancer, I want it out of me. And, and I'm very, I, I know that's how I feel. Yeah. I just, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe watching my mom die from cancer is like, I just want it out. Sure. So, of course, there's other things going on. Mm-hmm. So, um... And then I read about the chakra, the throat chakra, and it's like lack of communication, and, and I'm right there. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um... My strong feeling is that your doubt comes from you not applying the spiritual teachings that you know to this issue and relying instead upon just the surgery. I don't have any sense that the surgery is not good for you or anything like that, but just that what are the other methods that you've tried in terms of your spiritual practice? Yeah, probably not anything. <laughs> I, that's where I, I... I'm just at a loss. I just kind of putting my head in the sand and don't really want to deal with it. I'm going to be very bold here because we all love you so much and say that seems to be your MO. Thank you. <laughs> I know that. But it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't make you feel good about yourself. And it It's making my face red. <laughs> yeah. Anybody have anything in your life? I mean, anybody else have something in your life that you just put your head in the sand about? I'm raising my hand authentically. You know, I did that with my bookkeeping. Like, oh, I just can't think about that right now. And now I'm experiencing to have to think about it a lot. Yeah, I do that all day, every day. Anybody, anybody, has anybody discovered that this is actually an excellent strategy? You feel so much better about yourself by putting your health no. head in the hand and that things actually improve dramatically by some miracle of God? Anybody? Uh, hi, guys. I've actually had both happen. I put my head in the sand when the IRS charged me $40,000 back taxes. Well. Nice. Totally surrendered it to God. Okay. And then six okay. months later, I got a letter from the IRS that, oops, our bad, we owe you five grand, fill out this form, we'll do a direct deposit. But I put my head in the sand there. Now, there's other places um, where I put my head in the sand and it was not successful at all. So, so what's the difference between those sanding heads? I don't think one was success and several others have been like, Oh, I'm just ignoring a problem. The problem continues to grow and grow and grow. Yeah. You didn't put your head in the sand on the IRS when you handed it up to God. That was the action you took. Putting your head in the sand 
for the IRS would have been ignoring the letter until they knock on your door and haul you away. But, but Deb, I was doing that. I was ignoring the letters. As they came, I ignored them. I actually waved them in the sky and said, God, your problem, not mine, and threw them on the table and never actually opened them. So that that's is putting not, my head in the sand. No, no, that's not ignoring it. That's saying, God, it's your problem. It's in hey. <laughs> God, God okay. wants to share. I want to give her a chance, too. Well, it, putting your head in the sand, isn't that uh, like spiritual bypassing? Where Because I have things that I put my head in the sand, and I don't give them over to God or put them on the altar or do any spiritual practice. I, I just... Blanket out. I don't want to deal with it, so I shut myself down around it. Exactly, and that's not what you told us you did, Liz. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> You're welcome, Liz. Yeah, Liz, you told us you really authentically gave it to God. You put it on the altar. That's what you told us. Yes, I did totally give it to God by putting my head in the sand and going, "It's not my problem. I'm ignoring this." That doesn't feel like putting the head in the sand to me. Uh, to me, putting the, my head in the sand is saying, I can't deal with this now. That's not giving it to God. Aha, I see. I understand the difference now. Thank you. Um, let's see. I can't unmute you, Rand. There you go. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but I was just getting back with Liz there because she was working in the invisible, and I, I thought that was a great example, and I... Uh, I jumped on what she was doing and says, I'm going to use that. I'm going to be a monkey see, monkey do on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it so much. Thank you, Liz. But no, no, no head in the sand. Exactly. I I have an understanding of the difference now. um, That it was surrender, God's issue. I'm just here as opposed to I'm ignoring what's happening totally in some other area, which I have done as well. But I, I understand the difference now. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. So how do you go from putting your head in the sand to, to not? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can't just say give it to God because if I don't really feel it, I guess, then. All right. Well, let's, this is great. Let's break this down. So, because um, this applies to all of us in all of our situations here. Um, and, uh, so I was just feeling, did anybody else have anything they wanted to say before we did that? Okay. So it's 1244. Uh, the angels are with us. Uh, so first. And I have a meeting at one. I have to leave. So just letting you know. That's cool. So first thing is, we recognize, (laughs) it's funny how spirit, I hear spirit saying, what do we want? You know, when do we want it? So, (laughs) you know, that that chant that uh, you hear at demonstrations. So what do we want? I know we don't want anything, but we'd like to have a healing, right? When When do we wish to have the healing now? Now, do we wish to wait for surgery or something happens with the cough and the smoke and the air clears? No, we'd like to have our healing and we'd like to have it right now. We live in a world where time is an illusion. It's not relevant. It's just not relevant. Not to healing, right? You've all heard me say that Ernest Holmes said that the only time it takes to have a healing 
is the time that it takes to have a realization. So we'd like to have a realization that is so profoundly healing that we are, we are instantaneously healed. And I, I have to say that I, I've been involved, uh, as you know, my brother and his kidney stones, but I also know stories, and Liz can tell you stories too, of, of instantaneous healing or overnight healing where tumors that were the size of a, a baseball are gone in overnight. You know, and we've we've seen video of tumors shrinking on camera and on an ultrasound uh, while they were being prayed about uh, in real time. You know, so we've seen all these miracle experiences. We can have them. They are ours to have. And so uh, all doubt is self-doubt, right? That's what it talks about in A Course in Miracles in the Manual for Teachers where it talks about healing. All doubt is self-doubt. So the doubt that that you're experiencing, Sean, is really, it's your self-doubt. And I, I was saying that you telling me that the doubt really comes from you haven't done anything in, in your work uh, to, to work at the level of the mind. So we begin by really starting with recognizing We'd like to have a healing. And I think that that's a very active step that's important for us because in that, we're making ourselves receptive to the healing. In that, we are saying that we're willing to have a healing. In that, we're also saying that we're worthy of it. The only illness any of us has is the mental illness of unworthiness, the emotional illness of unworthiness. So when we're saying, I'd like to have a healing and I'd like to have it now, uh, whatever the, the appearance is, I'd like to experience it being dissolved and dissolved permanently back to the root cause so I never experience it again. And that's what the whole form of Pono is for. It's for the letting go of making something appear to be real. So that's where we begin. We begin also with uh, making the decision to really sit and listen to the higher Holy Spirit self in order to get insight. Now, and that's going to be different for everybody. Some people love to do, be very quiet and do seated meditation. Other people, they might do a Tai Chi type meditation. Other people might do their walking the dog meditation. Other people might do their yoga meditation. Okay. But having some kind of uh, meditative, contemplative uh, time when you're really listening so prayer is communion with God, and it, to me, contemplation and meditation are listening to God. Not telling God, God this, God that, but just listening, because that's where I find I get lots and lots of insight to uh, direct me and guide me. Carla. Um. When you, I, what came to me is when you said listening, because um, 
when I was at my med, my retreat, um, something came up about the difference between hearing and listening. And so, can you? Uh, and she said, I, don't, I remember the teacher there said something about at the time. I think I was kind of not available to really hear it fully. Can you? Can you speak on that? Yeah, well, there's certainly a difference between hearing and listening. So what what did, you, in your conversation with this teacher, what did you come to realize is the difference between hearing and listening? Uh, well, what came to me was willingness. And, and I said that, and I didn't get a, I didn't get get. I'm realizing now I need to get the support. I was in, I was like feeling like, oh, I got it. I, it's willingness. And I said, I, and I said, I think the difference is willingness. And then I, I didn't hear, yes, you're right. Or, you know, I, don't, she's, I think she said something else. And I think I wasn't really fully available to it, but um, more available right now. Anybody else have a thought about the difference between hearing and listening? Yeah. What came up for me as you asked that was, uh, you know, we can hear something, but we may not listen to it. Like a little kid can hear their parents say, don't do that. And they keep doing it. You know, hearing is, I think listening comes with the willingness to take action to what you heard. That was good. That helped me Carla thank you yeah and I think it could be either way that someone could be uh listening but not hearing hearing but not listening you know it, it there's a bit of semantics going on there but I think we've all experienced the um the where we can hear the words the thoughts the sounds but we're not actively listening to what is being said. So we're not actually hearing, comprehending, taking in what someone is communicating or what, what is being communicated, whether it's by a person or mother nature or anything else. And so there's active listening is something that I teach about in the counseling training, actively listening to somebody. So actively listening to me is more than hearing. It sounds like this teacher was saying, you know, you can be listening to somebody but not hearing them. So it, it's a little bit of sem semantics there. And I wouldn't get hung up on it because some people say hearing, some people say listening. You know, you say potato, I say potato. Carla. Well, it is interesting that my weak link is my ears, okay? Because... I always have to wear a headband because any wind, cold, it just bothers my ears. So this is really interesting to me that I dawned on me, ooh, you know, that and and it came up. What I mean, I don't know if we should go on this very long, but it's about speaking like you were a twelve-year-old. I realized I had written this poem that said something like. Um, silently when I walk through nature, I feel like I can talk to it and it could talk to me. And I said, I, and I, the way I wrote was I really want to hear. And that's when it came up. She said, 
something about listening and um i realized so i don't know if we should get into this is that a chakra that's what would that be well, we have chakras in our ears chakra in our throat if, if there's an imbalance anywhere, there's going to be a chakra imbalance, is my mm. experience. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I, I think I'll contemplate that. Thank you. Yeah. So there is listening and there's hearing. So going back to what Sean was asking about. So we, we go to the higher Holy Spirit self for the answer, for the clearing, for the healing. That to me is the most direct path. We do not have to figure it out. It will all be given to us and our willingness is all that's required. So do you feel like you have done, done that at all, Sean, with this? Yeah, exactly. So, and that's, that's you know, that's, that's what we're learning to do. So- I mean, I've tried. And just sitting here, I'm I'm still like unsure what I'm supposed to do, I guess, other than listen. You know, do I cancel? Do I do this method? Do I do that? You know, I guess I just need to listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're looking for the final answer of what you're to do. And, and what I'm, uh, I'm uh, sharing with you is that the first thing to do is to recognize that um, the, the path of healing is really within you and to activate that but we resist that it's totally understandable and rand knows a lot about this and uh, many of us do so we resist that we resist sort of taking responsibility and saying okay you know what i'm going to put god in charge of the healing here and i'm going to be a good patient for god uh, and for my healing, I'm going to be uh, actively listening. I'm going to be receptive to the healing. I'm going to be asking for it, calling it forth. I'm going to be standing in the awareness that the healing is happening now, regardless of the circumstances. And uh, many of the things that we talked about in year two. Working in the invisible. And what I'm hearing you say is you, you really, you've avoided doing those things. I don't know if I've avoided, but I, I, it's not consistent. Yeah. So he, why do we have these challenges to help us be consistent? So that we apply it to our finances. We apply it to our body. We apply it to our relationships. We apply it to our creativity. We apply it to our work. We apply it all over the place. That's why we have multiple challenges. So we learn that it's all appearances in the world and everything goes back to working at the level of the mind that's why we have a variety of experiences so that we don't exclude and we also don't say oh there's a level of difficulty things at the level of uh of physicality are harder than things at the level of emotional in my experience, level things at the level of physical are actually easier than emotional or mental. 
and in my understanding that things that are appearing in the level of the physical are really the last vestiges of the things that are out of balance in the etheric body. The last place they show up is in the physical, whether it's our relationships or our body. So you, you've been avoiding saying things perhaps and sh really sharing how you feel, looking at how you feel in a really in-depth manner. And, and it's, it's, it's created an energy imbalance in this area, in this chakra. That's where I would look to do the healing first. So for me, one of the things that I find most helpful in addition to the things we've already talked about is counseling, doing the counseling, because we're, we're actively expressing our hearts and everything through our throat chakra in talking with someone. And yeah. joining with somebody whose job it is to, to know the truth. Yeah. Deb, you wanted to share something? I was just going to share. I get when you say, I just want it out of there. Yeah. But I think that's coming from a place of, is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear? Oh, totally fear. Yeah. So if we don't do the work in the other realms than physical, then it, cancer, if it's there, or, you know, not, could be benign. We don't know. Is going to just show up in another place. If I don't resolve something with a relationship and I just cut off the relationship, it's going to show up in the next relationship because I haven't done the work. It's the same thing with the physical. Just taking it out doesn't mean it's not. So I think that's why we're saying we got to work at the level of the mind. We got to work at other levels than just the physical and it's work i mean you know it's work yeah but it's worth it yeah and i've been having trouble working this year <laughs> you know this whole year yeah and and and, and i have to go to a meeting in two minutes and i'm crying and yeah. i need to recover <sighs> Thank you, everyone. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I appreciate all of your support. Yeah. I um, it's Liz. Just, just know right here and right now, you're perfect and whole and complete because everybody on this conference here right here, we know you are perfect, whole, and complete. End of story. End of story. Perfect, whole, complete. There you go, girl. I know that. Everything. Tears and everything. I'm okay with that. It's just other things. But... We'll deal with that another day. Yeah. I'm just not living my truth, and that's the bottom line. But it's all good. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're on your way. We're with you. You're not alone. I appreciate that, and I know that's true. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. I hate to leave like this, but I got to get myself together. Yes. 
Go for Bye, it. Bye, everyone. I'm glad I brought it up. Me too. Yep. So um, I actually this uh, I don't usually do this, but I I, um, I just realized that I left something in the kitchen that I have to I forgot I'm I'm cooking my lunch and I forgot to add enough water. I just realized that and the thing is not going to be happy without more water. So I'm going to run right down and do that. And uh, please. Uh, continue without me. I'll be right back. I, I just wanted to say before Sean left, but she had to leave um, so quickly. I don't know if I've shared this before, but um, one of my prayer partners, my prayer partner for Masterful Living, my very first prayer partner, we used to talk about um, the Masterful Living program like it was our 12-step program for negativity and judgments. And, um, and, and we would kind of, she had a good sense of humor, so we were always laughing about stuff as you know, prayer calls. And, and so um, it, it kind of, it's come to me, that, that idea has come to me quite a bit over the, the um, almost three years I've been in this program. And, and recently, the last couple of weeks, it's been like, Diane, you've got to work your program. You've got to work your program. And it's truly like, a, for me, it is like a 12-step program that, you know, I, I have to. Otherwise, if I don't work this program, I'm going to fall off and have a great big binge. So it, it, it was a really good um, visual for in masterful living one that kind of kept me working the program. <laughs> All right. What did I miss? I just shared briefly. I think I've shared it before that my very first prayer partner and I we used to call Masterful Living our 12-step program for judgments and negativity. And, and so it, and it really helped me all these three years to sort of keep saying, Diane, you have to work your program, you know, like, a, uh, like any 12-step program anywhere. I have to keep working the program. Indeed, we have to. We have to, we have to, in order for our happiness, in order for our healing, in order for our wholeness, in order for our joy. Yeah, and, you know, we, we, we fall off the wagon, we get back on. And we get back on without any judgment. Oh, look, I fell off the wagon, you know. And you just think if you were actually on a slow-moving wagon, down a country road, right, with a bunch of people on it, and somebody fell off the wagon, you wouldn't say to them, you, you idiot. You know, you just help them back on the wagon. You'd laugh, like we're all kind of smiling and laughing, especially Liz. Um, so... These throat chakra issues, 
Rian, did you want to say something earlier? You were going to share something? Uh, I don't know about anything earlier, but I, I just enjoy this idea of the whole throat chakra. Um, you know, I, 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 in my relationship with my spouse, I, there's just so many things I just can't say because of the fireworks that would ensue. Uh, things go from a level one to a level 10 that I'm just not comfortable or seem able to to go. So yeah, I'm still working on that throat chakra, still learning how to speak my truth. So I'm in that process. I'm well aware of it, getting better at it. Um, and I presume that I attract spouses in my life that help me in this path. They're there to encourage me by giving me these challenges. So can I ask you, Rand, what is the kind of thing that you would actually truly like to be able to say that you feel you can't? Uh, I'm not in a situation right now where I could probably give you an example. That's uh, okay. Uh, there's many times, though, that um, uh, conversations just get ignited and it goes, you know, it's like, it's like someone's playing poker and they go all in. <laughs> They're playing, they throw it all down. It's like, well, you know, where well, I'm ready to end this relationship because you said that type thing. And it's like, I just want to talk about things. And uh, uh, so I'm still learning how to, to play, learning how to communicate learning how to do it in a gentle, nonviolent way. And uh, it's, it's been a good learning experience. I've had lots of opportunities and trainings. So what this, do you this, think? this uh, whole experience of what we do here has been tremendously helpful in that regard. Um, remind me, Rand, what do you think you are on the Enneagram? Uh, they asked you to look at where you were at age 25, and that's not where I'm at now, but at 25, I was definitely a seven. And uh, so now I probably play in my wings of the six and the eight a lot. Uh, I'm not doing much seven right now. <laughs> well, in your mind, I think, you know, cause I, we've, we've talked about the books you're reading and the things that you're interested in. So I, I see that seven-ish you know in there what and what do you think christy might be um oh, what did we figure her out to be um uh, you know it escapes me right now i can't remember i I just be pulling something out of the air right now because there might be really understanding her Enneagram might be helpful in ways of learning to communicate to her in ways that she can hear it that are non-confrontational. Yes. I, I have found that, that that knowledge of the Enneagram is extremely helpful for me in terms of communicating with people um, <clears throat> who might not want to hear what I have to say. But if I can, like in my family, if I know what they are on the Enneagram, I can find a way to approach it. Um, um, you know, it's like uh, 
they talk about in the White House that uh, you know Trump can't handle any bad news about himself, so they just you know cover everything with uh, happy news and things like that. Well, so with with someone in a situation like that, if you really wanted to have a, I mean, it's tough with a narcissist, but but uh, generally, you know, is to approach them and say, you know. Uh, I just, I think you're so wise and so intelligent. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that, you know, to start with something that's really, you know, kind of stroking them and petting them and saying, and because of that, I feel like you could handle us having uh, a deeper conversation because I, I just know your capacity is so immense. Yes. And then that, then you're you're like opening them to to be able to have a deeper conversation about really, you know. Whereas you might want to start with, if you don't stop this, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but to, I love it. Yeah, so I mean. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's and and that's where the hearing and the listening will come in is to you know like is is this the kind and very often in situations it's very much about listening and hearing and reflecting back that a lot of people can deal with anything as long as they feel like you get them a lot of people not everyone but a lot of people and and we're all unique that's another thing is looking at your love languages what's christy's number one love language um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. All right. There's something that can really help you. So um, in um, year one, we usually talk about in the relationship classes, we talk about the five love languages and there's the quiz. Did you do that? Uh, no, I probably didn't do that. You know, that could be a fun thing for you and Christy to do together as a couple is to take that online quiz. It takes a little while. It takes maybe 15 minutes, especially if you're doing it together, but you would learn a lot. Where do you find the uh, online quiz? Just Google five love languages with the number five. Yeah. Um, maybe it's F-I-V-E, I'm not sure, but you, you won't have any trouble finding it. It's a free quiz. Okay, I'll do it. Sounds like a fun thing to do, actually. It is a fun thing to do. And it was very, very helpful to me. Yes. It was very, very helpful to me because I realized there's one of my big issues is that everybody's not like me. It startles me a lot of the time that people aren't exactly <laughs> like me. Wait, what? What? <laughs> I, I recently had that with the new person, Carrie, that I hired. She left. Uh, uh, she called me and said, um, and I couldn't pick up right then. So I hit the thing on the phone that says, "Can I? Can you know? Can you call me back in five minutes?" So she texted me back, "Yes, I'll call you back in five minutes." And during this exchange, a voicemail came in. So I figured that voicemail was meaningless, and because we're going to talk in five minutes, so we did. And we talked for in in five minutes, and then later I found out that she had left me a, a voicemail with all kinds of information in it that she never brought up when we actually talked. 
And she said, uh, I said, hey, I didn't know about these things. And she said, yeah, I left you a voicemail. I said, yeah, but you left me a voicemail when I was texting you that you were going to call me right back. She said, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I left you a voicemail with all those details in it. I'm like, but you never mentioned that you left me a voicemail with details while we were talking three minutes later, four minutes later, five minutes later. She said, yeah, I just figured you'd listen to your voicemail whenever you got a chance. And I said, really? Like if somebody calls you and you call them right back, you're going to listen to the voicemail that they left, even though you're talking with them in, within five minutes. And she's like, yeah, I listen to all my voicemails. I'm like, Oh, you do. I was like, Oh, I said, well, something to learn about me is I do not. <laughs> I do not. I might listen to, I could look at my phone right now and tell you I have voicemails from September. I haven't listened to I'll, I'll listen to them. I will. Yeah. I just, I apparently I'm, I'm unique in my voicemail patterns. Yes. Well, you, you work a lot with Archangel Michael, right? <laughs> yes. Work well. There's some cords to be cut there, I believe. <laughs> yeah. There's some cords to be cut. <laughs> and I, I realized later that, uh, like, one of my friends will even say, um, like, she'll call, leave a met voicemail, and two minutes later I'll call her back, and she, she'll say, did you listen to my voicemail? I'm like, no, I just called you right back. She's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what I said, and then you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> but I, I just assume that's how it always works. <laughs> yeah exactly. anyway i i said look it, really it, if your husband called you and you called him right back you would still listen to that voicemail that he left while you were text messaging him that you'd call him back in a minute she says yeah i would <laughs> here's I, what i do here's what i do is um i see a call a voicemail comes in while i'm trying to do some business like you or jennifer and i say I see you called and left a voicemail. I have no idea what it is. And so let's go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a very direct and loving way to do it. I just assume that nobody thinks I'm going to look at Anyway. Uh, yeah. We have these different styles and we have these different love languages. Carla, what's your number one love language? Diane, you're next. I don't have, I don't remember. Oh, oh. I, you know what? I took oh. it and I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't, at the time I took it, I think I wasn't as clear. So I'm really glad you're bringing it up because I think I need to take it again. But, All right. um, yeah. Diane? Mine is spending time together. Deb? I don't know what they call it, but it's when somebody does something for me. Acts of service. Acts of service. That's it. Yeah. Rand? I don't oh, know. Don't know. Don't yeah, know. we're going to have Liz? to go quiz. Liz? Listening to my beloved husband and daughter. Just listening unjudgmentally. That's your love language? Yeah. I think it's a love language to just be able to listen with an unjudgmental or, you know, some veil over your eyes. Just to listen unjudgmentally, I think that's a love thing. It is a love thing. It is. 
And is that how you know people love you? No, that's how I support my family in love. How do I know people love me? Wow. Um, they just do. People just love me and I love them. Sorry to say that or not sorry, but yeah. I'm just going to um, share here a second because we can on the Zoom. Um, so this, this is the website, 5lovelanguages.com, numeral 5lovelanguages.com. So you can just take this <clears throat> here, learn your love language. And these are the five. Words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, quality time, physical touch. So I'm like Deb, acts of service. I know you love me when you do my laundry. I know you love me when you take my car in to be serviced. I know you love me when you clean up the house. I know you love me when you balance my checkbook. Words of affirmation, it doesn't mean anything to me. It might as well not even be on my list. Same with gifts. Gifts are like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, but quality time, physical touch, these are really valuable to me. Particularly, quality time is number two for me, three, physical touch. I think I remember. I think it was quality time. I forgot. Yeah, I, knowing you as I do, I, I would say it is something like that. Mm -hmm. And Liz, I would I would bet you are uh, acts of service or quality time or physical touch. One of those three. Deb, do you have a number two? Did it give us, did we have one, two, and three when we took that test? I don't remember. You, you basically, you take the five and you put them in order. Okay. Yeah, I don't they, remember. They give it back to you like you're, you know, in what's one, two, three, four, five for you in terms of priority. I would guess it's quality time, but I, I, I don't really know without looking back again. Right. So now, just real brief here, Rand, what do you think you are of these five? Words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, quality time, physical touch. Quality time is number one for me, uh, from what I heard. Words of affirmation would be number two. Hmm. And then physical touch would be number three. All right. What, knowing your wife, Christy, what, what do you think are her top two? Uh, quality time, physical touch, and words of affirmation, the same ones as me. <laughs> That's good. You're a good match. Yeah. 
because I know people that acts of service is number one and um, they're married to somebody whose words of affirmation and it's like for me since words of affirmation are not even on my list they're meaningless almost to me uh, I constantly forget to give words of affirmation to people because that, to me it's all virtually meaningless but it's not meaningless to other people like Tina, who was my, my former assistant, she, um, words of affirmation were number one for her. So I had to, literally, I had to have a ways to remind myself to praise her because it just didn't naturally occur to me to be that much affirmative. I, I'm very good with please and thank you, but I'm not always good with, wow, you did such a great job on that. So. Learning, learning. So, and, and, and this does relate to what we're talking about with the throat chakra and with our emotions, right? So Sean's not here, but Sean, that, that's something to, to be really clear about too for yourself, for your relationship, because we know you were, you were, um, Talk, thinking about your relationship in your um, as you were leaving, uh, and because a lot of times we are in relationship with someone who has different love languages than we do, and then we don't complain externally, but inside we're thinking this is not working for me. This is not good. What about this? What about that? We feel unappreciated. We feel unheard. But a lot of times when people feel unheard, it's because they're not actually communicating. And they may think that they are, you know, like for someone who acts of service, like Deb and me, acts, lots of acts of service, or let's say somebody, like I've had boyfriends that want to get me gifts, lots and lots of gifts. Well, that makes them feel good. That they're, they're giving and giving and giving. They have fun picking them out and thinking about what I'll like. And that's lovely. But it doesn't mean a lot to me. But if they're, if they're figuring out how to get the windows washed, you know, and how to get my car serviced without me having to think about it. You know, they're surreptitiously cleaning the house, you know, an act of service. They're getting the dry cleaning. You know, that is like, oh, that is so much better than a diamond watch to me. Every now and then, my husband will just take my car and go fill it up with gas and check the oil and not tell me and then comes back later and tells me that is an act of service. I am so appreciative of every time he does that. Oh, totally. Totally. I, I, went, I went to a seminar once and there was this woman there and she said that in the last 30 years, she'd only put car, gas in her car once because she had such a long drive that her husband wasn't there to do it. And she was on her own. Once in 30 years, she had to put gas in her car. She said, otherwise, the car 
my husband everything. I don't think about it one bit. And I don't think about it at all, but I don't have a husband to take care of it. So my car just gets messy. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'll get in the car to go somewhere. And I'm like, oh, I need gas. I forgot about that. When I was getting ready for my Healing Touch uh, Level 1 co-teach, um, the week before, I something happened with my ankle. And I had extraordinary pain sort of out of the blue. Yeah. And then this client actually, uh, through a friend, heard about it and gave my friend made soup and other food to give to my friend to bring to me. And I was like in tears yeah. because I didn't ask for it. It just showed up. I really needed it because I couldn't stand on my foot. And, you know, that was such an act of service. And Exactly. I remember once uh, I got sick right before I left LA and a member of the congregation brought me all this soup and all these things. And yeah, it's just wonderful, wonderful act of service. Mm -hmm. and I ate it right up literally so <laughs> Diane back to you so we've given you some things to think about and to work with uh, in, in the next week here uh, how are you feeling about doing this work in the invisible regarding your throat chakra I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I'm still uh, doing other things like taking antihistamine, using, yeah. you know, like the, the things that I know I can do. Um, but I, I, I think it is totally about working in the invisible for me right now. It's, it is something huge that's coming up and uh, I hadn't anticipated it this year. Uh, or anticipated it in this form, um, but it, it is coming up. And I, I think I shared before, I had a similar experience after my dad passed. So um, I've been, I have been through this before, but it, it did take uh, like a couple of years for it to clear because I just didn't know what to do at that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you to do some, do, have you done any counseling? Not recently, um, but I, I did write it down here. Um, and and I, I think it's, I have to heal my um, aversion to counseling because I did so much of it at um, yeah. a particular time that, that it just made me spin my wheel. So I'm trying to get over that, that to, um, so I've got it written down and I, I do think that's a really great suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. One of the spiritual counselors in training, uh, you know, that you feel connected to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or not connected to however that might go mm -hmm. and maybe trying on a few of them. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. To, and you can think of it in terms of also clearing that aversion, of course, and, uh, and making yourself really receptive so that you're not on your own dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then also, uh, I would do, uh, I would work with the, the blue ray and the green ray and the violet ray. Of course, if you work with the violet ray, you are working with the blue ray. And so for me, one of the wonderful combinations is to combine the emerald green and the violet together. Personally, my favorite color combination is the, um, the purple and the green. I just love that combination. That's why I love purple flowers with green leaves. I just love that combination. And it wasn't until I started working with the race that I realized why I love it. It's, it's really the, the ray of healing, but the ray of healing, remember too, that the ray of healing, the emerald green ray of healing is uh, so much about the immaculate heart. So it's the ray of healing, abundance, and the immaculate heart. So our abundance comes from being the free flow of love. Love is our healer. So it makes sense that like Mother Mary works with Archangel Raphael and Master Hilarion of the Emerald Green Ray. Uh, and Wednesday, today, is our Emerald Green uh, Ray Day. And so um, working with that uh, combination, boy, I'm just feeling it in my heart just even talking about it. So remember too that we've got our heart chakra here right in in the center of our chest here and uh the, remember that the throat is right between that third eye and that heart so the third eye is related to calling things into being through having vision for it and uh uh and then in our heart we're holding what's true. We're holding that immaculate heart. And it very much relates to what Hugh Lin teaches about Ho'oponopono, uh, the zero state and the immaculate heart. So related. You know, for me, I, I prefer the, the sense I have when I think of the immaculate heart versus the zero state. But to me, they are the same. But just the Immaculate Heart, it just feels more beautiful to me than the Zero State. Zero State just feels a little more like science of mind versus power of love. So um, <clears throat> doing some contemplation about that and uh, maybe looking at things in um, the, the chapter on the, the Green Ray, the Emerald Ray, uh, Master Hilarion and uh, looking at that in terms of the Immaculate Heart because the throat is right in between, right? It's right in between. And, uh, and the throat is all about the power of our word. And so often in our families, we did not feel that we could speak clearly. So we have a lot that we withheld. And we also felt that we couldn't speak here clearly or be heard clearly because no one could listen to us because they weren't listening to themselves. They weren't listening to anything except ego negativity. 
uh, and being in reaction. And so our throat chakras are very challenged dealing with that. But also, uh, I know for me, a lot of the times, I think if I could have shared uh, the fullness of my feelings, I, I would have um, I would have just killed everybody around me. No, really, because I just felt so completely overwhelmed by my anger and my fear and my hurt and my sense of intense confusion, like, I don't understand how this world works. It doesn't make sense to me. This is insane. And I hate it here. And so I was just keeping in. So from a little girl, just keeping in this wanting to just scream hysterically, I hate it here. So um, I think that's why I had all those throat chakra issues as a child. Um, So, you know, a lot of that can get, Uh, really stuck in there but the good news is is we don't have to process it thought by thought word by word experience by experience we can just really invite the healing in and just uh, I, I just have found it to be the most productive to do what I took I didn't know until later what it says in A Course in Miracles about uh, releasing all the misperceptions to Jesus to the Holy Spirit known and unknown and uh, I did a radio show about that in September. So that's where I really think our work is on this. And for you too, Sean, it's really giving the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. But if we're in a place of managing and coping, we haven't given the heavy lifting away. We're still thinking the heavy lifting is ours to manage and cope with. Yeah. And this is why the first ray is about aligning with divine will. Because when we're aligned with divine will, we're not true. We're truly not managing and coping. But it, it, relationships are completely overwhelming, and our our birth family relationships are so overwhelming, so overwhelming. But everything is what spirit uses for our good. I, uh, this morning I was watching um, on, I'll, I'll post this. I was watching on the Stephen Colbert's show. He makes me laugh about things in the world. And I really appreciate that. And uh, he had uh, Chris Martin on the show who just wrote a book about Bobby Kennedy. And as soon as he started to talk about Bobby Kennedy, I started to cry. Uh, and, one of the uh, because I just have an emotional connection to Bobby Kennedy, even though I was like eight years old when he was killed. Um, that and and I I loved what Chris was saying there. Um, he was saying and and uh, Stephen Colbert asked him, "Why do you think Bobby Kennedy, you know?" grew up in this family. He was so different from the rest of his family, completely different from the rest of his family in wanting so much to help the common man and the struggling person and the, the person who's left out. Why? Why? And I, I do think that he, he was um, more awake than the rest of his family, clearly. But um, uh, what Chris said was uh, because he was the runt of the litter, and so he, he understood what it was to be like the one who was not adored by the father, the one who was not adored by the mother, the one who was, you know, less than. 
And so he developed this great capacity for um, helping people who were left out and underprivileged and not cared about. And he developed this great compassion for them because um, his family, you know, looked down on him. So everything works together for our good. Yeah. And so we have to claim that as part of our healing because otherwise we're judging it as not good. And sometimes it takes a while to get to that willingness to really say, okay, all of this stuff that happened where I wanted to kill myself, where I was filled with rage and hatred or hopelessness and helplessness, where I, I, I went insane, where I was, uh, had a nervous breakdown, whatever it is that we've all been through, uh, it was for my good. And I'm going to claim that now. And I'm going to be grateful for it now, even though it doesn't make any sense to me. It will be revealed to me. And so I'm going to rejoice now. I'm going to pop a champagne cork now. And that opens our heart to the, to the our, that's our willingness to know the truth about things and to move out of the meaning we made of it. Yeah, you know, this is, the, this, is, this is what Masterful Living really is about. It's about loving each other so much and being able to be so transparent with each other, so non-judgmental, that we can have this kind of in-depth conversation and, um, and not just go over information. Yeah, this is the practical application that uh, is very challenging for most people to do on their own. Certainly has been for me. So more to come, more to come. And we can, uh, Rand, I am inviting you to give us a report on the love languages. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful, so heart open to each other and to ourselves. So grateful and thankful that our life is a life of extraordinary love. What else could it be? So grateful that we are so clearly led by the Spirit. We're guided by the Spirit. So grateful that there is a divine wisdom and intelligence in back of everything that unites us all with each other and with all life. We are one with the Holy Spirit. We are one with God. We are part of God and we are grateful and thankful to know that God's wholeness, God's wisdom, God's clarity, God's freedom and God's joy and so much more are a natural part of our very being. So in gratitude, we share the benefits of our remembering this truth with everyone because we are one with them. So grateful and thankful to allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Mwah. God bless you. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Take care, Bye. everybody. Thank you.